Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the No Names and players currently making a name. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay. And as always, I'm joined by my super awesome special co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. How you doing tonight? I'm uh, unbelievable. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better night. Did everyone have a good Halloween? I worked. <laughs> I worked a... Uh... Didn't have to give out candy, so more for me, I guess. Well, I sat out in the cold handing out candy to kids, and, and I had had pretty low numbers. Normally, I get about 100 kids at the door, but we only had about 35 this year. And I was even giving out special treats to parents who came by. I had a giant bag of COVID drinks that, <laughs> that I had left over from the summer. I thought, eh, give it out to the, uh, the parents. So, give it out to the adults, yeah. I got about 60 of those, <laughs> but only 35 kids. That's not too bad. Yeah, I, uh, I wasn't even here. Tina and I went for a drive and let my daughter and son handle the 10 kids that we got. We don't get many kids anyway where I live, so lots of leftover stuff for me, I guess. I guess they know there's that grumpy old man that lives in the house. We just live in an area that doesn't get a lot of kids. <laughs> you know, when you can just go to, you know, just five minutes up the road and you get a whole giant subdivision that is a door to door candy fest. So, which well, would make more? It's where we took our kids when we were <laughs> taking them out. So, you go where the full size bars are handed out. That's right. All right. So, 
I mean, there's not a ton of stuff. It's an off season. Bergevin's on holidays. What a jerk. He's not giving us a lot to work with, but screw it. Here we are recording anyway, because, well, it, if we didn't, then we'd have to spend more time with our, our wives and kids. So we're doing this. Uh, we got a bunch of, we've got a hodgepodge of things that we're going to cover. Um, the first item uh, we're going to cover is uh, the news going around about Mitchell Miller. So for those who have been living under a rock this week, the Arizona Coyotes have renounced their rights to their fourth round pick, which happened to be their first pick of the, the draft, Mitchell Miller. Um, he committed, uh, basically he committed what's, what's considered a hate crime. He bullied and racially, I don't know, he was just being a racist little prick and bullying this other kid in his class who had developmental issues. So a person of color with, mental, uh, with a mental handicap was being bullied incessantly by Mitchell Miller. He even confessed to it in a court, um, but he never, he never apologized to the, uh, the victim. And the victim and his family rightfully did not like the fact that Mitchell Miller was still living his dream and getting no repercussions whatsoever for his actions. So even though the Coyotes drafted Miller, they decided after a couple of weeks that just renounce his rights. Then the University of North Dakota, where he was playing as a member of the, uh, the hockey team there, also renounced his, uh, basically renounced his NCAA rights, telling him he's no longer part of the team, but he could continue as a student. And now his hockey career has, well, it's completely stalled. So I know, Matt, you've been, you've been pretty busy at work, so I'm going to let Treg get started on this. Treg, give us a few tired, weary thoughts. Uh, sure. So Mitchell Miller uh, was drafted in the fourth round by the Arizona Coyotes. It was their first pick in that draft because they lost their first pick because of cheating, and they traded off their second and third round pick. Um, let's take all the stuff that Mitch did away. And uh, say, okay, this guy probably, if he wasn't uh, an asshole in uh, the way he was, he probably would have been drafted in the first two rounds, probably around the second round. Uh, so Arizona goes out and picks him, uh, fully knowing, fully aware of his past. And what's odd for me is Gonzalez, one of the guys with Arizona, is actually on the newly uh, put together. Uh, What's it called there, Blaine? The, uh, um, the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Hockey Diversity Alliance. And uh, he's part of it. So another thing he should have known better. Uh, anyway, Arizona decided uh, they put out a statement, said they were going to help him through the organization to become a better person, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, which was a terrible, terrible move because like, this kid made an, he says he apologized and did all this work, but it was court ordered stuff that he did. And the apology was read through his lawyer. So 
he never really did anything on his own to fix what he did. I mean, maybe I, people would look at it different if he did what he did and was like, oh shit, that was a really dumb move of me when I was however old I was. Anyway, he didn't do it. He didn't apologize. He, he's an ass. He shouldn't be whatever. Arizona renounced his uh, rights, which to me I think was just a PR move because all they really had to do was wait for his rights to run out and really not do anything with him. They would actually had more control of what he did, but they renounced him. They don't want him, so he goes away. And as of uh, yesterday, well, about 12 hours ago or so, our friend from Dauber Hockey, Yoki uh, Nevalainen, he tweeted that uh, the Russian website Championat is reporting that Mitchell Miller may move to Russia and likely into the SKA organization after he was removed from North Dakota's hockey program. So like Blaine said, North Dakota said you can keep going to school here, but you're not going to play hockey. So it looks like Mitch Miller will sort of still kind of get to play, live his dream by playing hockey over in Russia. We know Russia doesn't give a rat's ass what people's pasts are. So, you know, anyway, that's, uh, that's nothing concrete, but that's the uh, rumor going around on Mitch you're you're an idiot miller that's really all i have to say about that well um so i'm I'm not going to crap on phoenix too much for picking this kid just because the uh the former gm shika screwed up so royally destroying basically their their top picks for the next couple years left the uh the franchise in a shambles scrambling trying to find scouts trying to find people to run the draft uh they hired bill armstrong i think it was was it a week or two weeks before the draft so Uh, he was he wasn't even allowed to work the draft uh because he was coming from the i think it was the panthers organization and he had to hire people on the spot with very little back very little um study time to get up to speed for what what the franchise was was trying to do so they you you can see them saying well okay this is a kid who was rated in the second round we're in the fourth well talent wise yeah why the hell not let's pick him so you know yeah yeah but they knew like everybody else what had happened they knew yeah they had a basic understanding i agree so there's no gm there to say hey don't do that yeah, does it take a GM to say don't do that though? Let's let's get realistic here. You actually have a guy in the organization, high up in the orders, who's on the diversity uh, board. Let's yeah, but he's not involved on. in the draft. He's still part of the organization. Like let, let let's get real here. Like but he wasn't there. They were doing I, this draft remotely. He wasn't there. He wasn't in the building. Say you know, being a part of the whole thing. So. They I'm sure the they talked. I'm sure they talked about this guy well before they drafted him. In the two weeks leading up to it, talking about all kinds of players. I think they went with him because they thought this whole thing was swept under the rug. No one's going to hear about it, and they said, "All right, we're going to get a probably a high second round draft pick." I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. And they just didn't think this would come out to light, and it did. And you could tell by their very first statement about how, "Oh, we're going to." 
teach him. And I, you know what? I read the statement and said, okay, that's, that's fair. Until I read, heard the rest of the story about how he didn't apologize, how he only did these things because he was court ordered. Right. And then, yeah. Uh, now I, I realized that the, this kid was 14 when he committed these acts and at 14, I mean, you're not an adult by any nope. means. However, I have a 14-year-old living in my house right now. If my 14-year-old pulled this shit, I would have failed as a parent. There is no way a 14-year-old would not know that this is wrong. I mean... I, to I totally agree. This, what this kid did was... I, I think he was one of those kids that pretty much got away with whatever he wanted to get away with most of his life. I mean, I don't know. I don't li I didn't live his life. I don't know him. I don't know his parents. And he just, I don't know. He did this and thought nothing would come of it. Pretty well, much. Guess what? If something came out of it. And, and, now... and, and I'm not against this, uh, giving the, uh, giving a second chance. If he had actually legitimately apologized and felt remorse and was doing things, you know, before all, you know, the, the NCAA and the NHL and all that stuff. If he had, after the court date yeah. said, Oh my God, I realize I made a big mistake. I'm so sorry. And, you know, tried to make amends. Even, even with half asked some kind of apology, then I could say, all right, I can see giving him a second chance. Totally but agree. Now. Totally agree. Uh, but like I said, he never actually apologized himself to the no. family or the guy and everything he did was just what he had to do because he was ordered to do it. So it's not like, you know, it's not like he got the kid, they came out and said, Hey, your son did this. This is wrong. And he went, Oh my God, you're right. You know, I was doing this, you know, it should never have gone to court. It should, it should never happen in the first place. End of conversation. I agree. Now, Matt, you've been sitting there all handsome, just nodding your head. What do you think? Um, so I'm not going to get into, I won't get into Miller. You guys, um, you know, hit the nail right on the head about, um, everything that he's done and uh, the consequences that come with those actions. Um, I'll just talk a little bit about the organization. Treg, you touched on it a little bit. So uh, if, if anybody doesn't know why they had to give up their draft picks is because they, um, they did pre combine. They do, they pretty much did their own combine. Uh, they did it within the uh, Canadian hockey league and they did it within the USHL. Uh, they were caught, you know, they were fined a bunch of money, et cetera. And um, they gave up uh, their second round pick this year, which is 49th overall. And they're giving up their first round pick in 2021 um, for a team that royally fucked up in terms of drafting. Uh, they were only, they only had five draft picks this whole year. And their first one was Miller. And knowing that there was a lot of teams that took this guy off of their draft list completely, regardless of where he should have went, I believe that the organization should have said, look, we've already fucked up in terms of the draft. We don't need any, any more negativity on us. And like the, you look at their last drafts, they haven't really been that strong. You know, they took Soderstrom last year. He's, he may turn into a, into a, def, a decent defenseman. Um, but you look at the years prior and the only person that's really made an NHL impact so far was back in 2016. And that was Clayton Keller. 
right? They've had, you know, Barrett Hayton played a handful of games with them um, last year and, or uh, yeah, last year. And, um, you know, he was drafted in 2018. You know, he, you know, he's only got 20 games of experience. You know, they, they, uh, they should have, they should have known better. That's all I'm saying. And I, and I understand both sides of what you guys were saying about, um, you know, maybe trying to say, hey, like, nobody's taking this guy. We'll, we'll take a chance at him. But then I get at the same time where what you're saying, Blaine, with, uh, you know, they should have known better. I under, you know, and uh, they, they, but they definitely should have known better. This is a guy that once this story came out, especially with everything that's happening with um, diversity and with uh, all, everything that's happened, this shouldn't have been a player that even should have been drafted. You know, that would have, that would have, that would have really sent a message. And then perhaps we could have seen why didn't this guy get drafted? It comes out. And then maybe we would have saw some remorse from this guy to go through an entire, yeah, but to go through an entire draft and you're expected to go, you know, anywhere between like high sack into a fourth or whatever. And you don't get picked. Maybe there's a reason behind it. Maybe then we would have saw a different, so like there would have been a different side of this story. So now you've got a guy, he fucked up. He's paying the consequences for it, which is fantastic. Um, the only thing is that's a little bit surprising so far to my knowledge. And, you know, I, I apologize if I'm wrong as I haven't working all week, but, um, the uh, he was part of the World Junior Selection Camp for the U.S. and to my knowledge, they haven't come out and said anything either. I know, I know, Arizona said, you know, see ya, and so did so did his NCAA team, but I don't believe the junior team has said anything as yet, or the organization, or the you know the hockey body of the U.S. Well, uh, if he's not practicing or playing with any formal. Where, what's he gonna? What are they just gonna bring him in? Like, well, he's been he's been on. Well, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah, still he yeah. was still part of the he was still part of that. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, they don't say anything. They're just they're just gonna cut him loose without yeah. a word. Yeah, yeah. which 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 would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't wanna they don't wanna bring attention to the program because I mean it's a hard enough year as it is and they don't need to pile on. I mean, it's pretty obvious he's not going to make any national program now. Yeah. So yeah. if an NCAA program cut bait, it can guarantee the, uh, the, uh, the, the federal one would do, would do the same. So, yeah. but yeah, the, uh, the coyotes did themselves no favors whatsoever no. in, uh, in selecting Miller and, yeah, he's not with the organization anymore. But as you said before, with uh, Chaika being there as the GM, he, he drove this fucking organization into the ground. And this has been a uh, this has been an organization that's been on life support for many years, and one that you know what, it's time to move on from Arizona. If there's any Arizona fans, like move to Canada if you want to see them, because this is this is a this is a team that should not be playing where they are. And they've got too much, and they've got too much skilled players on their team that are just, you know, they're withering away. 
Batman's never going to allow that to happen. Batman is I, so fearful know, of losing an American market that uh, he'll pump as much money and pump as much whatever he can into it to keep it alive. Yeah, like when the whole thing with um, um, and I'll get off topic too, too, too much. But when they started talking about uh, Ekman Larson possibly leaving, I was like, "Good for you." I was like, good for you. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah, but he wanted to pick his shot, and I don't blame him. He's got that no-move clause, pick your shot. And he told him, make your trade, but I only want to go to here or here, and you got until Friday. Get it done. If you're not done, then I'm not going to prepare for anything but Phoenix. He also said he didn't really want to be traded. That's true. uh, But you're right. He he was basically, I don't really want to be traded, but if you're going to trade me, I'm going to go where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. But just you know, like I, I, I just feel bad for some of these prospects that I that I've watched develop, and and like guys like Chetron and guys like um, Dylan Strome is not even there anymore. Um, you've got Barrett Hayton. You've got all these up and coming players, and I, you know, I just feel bad for them. I really, I really do, and I'd love to see them in any other organization. Yeah, that includes that includes that includes Ottawa. Well, let's not get out. Let's not go crazy here. But hey, Ottawa um, just signed the greatest player that ever played the history. Well, we're gonna Lots we're gonna segue. segue to that. Um, and before we say goodbye, before we segue to to that, we're just gonna say goodbye to the Phoenix Coyotes and say hello to the Houston Rustlers. How about that? <laughs> NHL to Houston, baby. So mention it. As we mentioned, we're going to segue now to the greatest player to ever live signing with Ottawa, and that is Alex Galchenyuk. Perhaps the greatest third overall pick in the history of the Montreal Canadiens. He was the greatest third overall pick of the 2012 draft. Well, he's the second greatest third overall pick of the Montreal Canadiens in the last 20 years. That's true. That's true. It actually is true. <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, I mean, Alexey Alchenyuk, uh, he has been able to put up points. He's, I believe, second in total points for players in his draft year. Which, by behind, the way, only behind yeah. Philip Forsberg. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, what people Riley, tend to forget. Riley, points? He's second. But what people tend to forget is uh, 2012 was a horrible year for the draft. There, It just... I mean, it's the nail Yakupov draft. What more do you need to know about how bad that year was? Like, at least with the Alexander Degg draft, you had, you had Chris Pronger. Like, you still, had, you still had names in that draft. There were tons of names, about 207 of them. Right, but like, you know, I'm not going to downplay the draft too much. Like, um, you look at some, you know, and these guys aren't mega, mega, mega superstars or anything. But it's like Phil Forsberg was in that draft. Uh, Matt Dumba, Tom Wilson, um, Truba. Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley, Josh Anderson was picked in that was was picked in that draft. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna downplay it too too much, but it there was, was no star power. It was a little bit weak. Well, on paper it looked like it was gonna be a good draft at the top and it just didn't pan out. That's right. The top was the worst part of the but the whole. Yeah, I mean, you have uh, Veselevsky at nineteen, Thomas Hurdle at seventeen, Tom Wilson sixteen. Uh, it's just you had Yakupov, Murray, and Galchenyuk going one, two, three, yeah. and none of them. Griffin Reinhardt was fourth, and none of them panned out at yeah. all. It was it was it was one of those like wait and see type kind of drafts. But yeah. you know, a, a lot of people are are, are 
kind of casting Galchenyuk aside. And yes, he has, he's not the player that he was when he was with the Canadians. And, you know, yes, he's how many seasons removed from that 30 goal campaign, which I believe was in 15, 16, I believe when he was 21. Um, This is still a guy that's got over 500 games of NHL experience. Yes. It's been on multiple teams and yes, he hasn't really fit in since he's been with the Canadians. Um, But this is a guy still only 25, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. 26, 26. 26. Um, And you know, I, I, I want to give him a chance at this new organization, but this is going to be probably his final chance. If he can't make it work in Ottawa, he's likely looking outside the NHL for work. Well, he's on his fifth team in two years. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, when he was in Arizona, he had 20, 19 goals, 41 points. So it's not like he yeah, had a exactly. terrible season it's, in it's not like he It's not like he can't play. No. But, you, you know, you're coming off of a deal that paid you almost $5 million bucks, and now you're signing a million-dollar contract, just over a million-dollar million contract with Ottawa. If uh, if you can't make it work there, because you got to look at the, at the young team that they have. They didn't really go in and sign too many vets. This is, gonna, this is a guy that, I said, he's got over 500 games of experience. They're going to lean on him, and if they use him correctly, and we know that he's got a deadly shot at the power play, if um, if he's used correctly, perhaps we might see him still in the NHL. But I said, if not, he's he's gone. He's likely yeah. going to KHL or elsewhere. He has he has to be used as a static shooter in set plays. Yes, his issue, uh, other than the off ice, which we could talk about after, but on ice, his biggest issue is his skating. His skating has always been a problem and he's had those knee injuries and that's slowed him down. And he's got that odd stride where he likes to like, he kicks a leg out and he kind of rides the back end of his skate to change directions. And it just, it doesn't seem very efficient and, and it shows in his, his, his overall speed is okay once he gets there, but it takes him a little bit to get there. It takes him, takes him some time to change direction and, if you want to be an elite player, that cannot be an issue in your game. And it's a major issue for him. And maybe it has to do with his off ice issues where he, he's ignored coaches advice for, to, uh, to focus on what his father tells him to do. Cause that is uh, a well-known issue. I, but is it still an issue? That's what you got to look at too. Well, like, yeah, this... and that's, a th- but even if it's not anymore, He's missed out on seven, eight years of being able to work on those problems. So now he, he's basically, he is what he is. If he's played on a third line with second wave power play time and and works on set plays, he could possibly give you a 15 goal season, maybe 30 points, but you can't rely on him defensively. I can see him even scoring 20 goals. I I mean, let's look at the guy. I mean, he scored 20 in his real first full season with Montreal in uh, two, 14, 15. Then he got 30 in the season. I mean, mind you, scored most of those when it didn't really matter. But uh, And then he got uh, 17, 19, 19, and then uh, eight last year. But he did have seven points in 14 games last year with, with the Wild in the season. So it's not like he, he he's not – every season he's played a full season except last year, he scored almost 20 goals. 
So there's no reason if he gets a lot of time on ice in Ottawa, which he probably should, because he should be one of their top players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not going to be worried about defense. No, I mean, he should be able to, uh, um, you know, give you a uh, 20, 20, at least 20 goals. I don't see any reason why he can't. He has the talent. He has the talent. The problem is he doesn't have the talent to play defensively well enough to hold on to a top six role or even a top nine in some cases for teams that are actually competing Correct. for a playoff spot. He and can Ottawa, play on those bottom feeders. I, you know what? Playing with Ottawa, like he showed in, and I'm not, this is not a knock on the guy. He showed in Montreal. He can really come out when the game's not, when there's nothing on the line. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and again, it's not a knock on him, but he had his best season when Montreal was out of the playoff race in December. It was in October. Well, whenever, but he had his best season then. And then uh, you've got now Ottawa. Ottawa's not going to be fighting for a playoff spot. So shouldn't be. No, they shouldn't be unless Matt Murray steals 30 games for him. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Gelching's going to have a good year. I really do. Now, I, I know that the, uh, the constant argument is player versus organization. And people are pointing the finger at Michelle Terrian for ruining him, saying, hey, you confused this kid by making him play wing when he was a center. But they forget the fact that his, when he was playing in the OHL in his last season, before making the jump in that strike-shortened year, his entire year in Sarnia, he played on the left wing. So he, he's not the only coach that saw something in him and said, you know what, this kid's not a center. He also played wing in Arizona, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota. Exactly. Coaches or all the coaches have saw that he's not a center. If he's if he shows up in Ottawa, plays left wing, he'll be fine. Worth noting too that remember that when he uh, when he was drafted, he only played two games that year because he was coming off a major injury. Plus the six games in the playoffs. Yeah. Or four games. Whatever it was, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if uh, I would be so quick to put all the blame onto Michelle Terrian for this. Michelle Terrian holds a lot of blame in a lot of areas. But for this one, um, I don't think he holds much blame in the lack of development for a player. I mean, we've, we've touched on it a little bit already. He's had this he – had he had issues between him and his father and the coaching staff and – if an NHL player is not willing to listen to his NHL coaches, they're not going to be willing to give him the leeway to make mistakes. And you're going to, you're going to make a mistake. You're going to sit, you're going to get less ice time. You're not showing the commitment. I mean, it just, it snowballs. For me, like look at the names that have been associated with dealing this guy, like, uh, you know, first trade Max Dome. Right. After that, he's traded with um, Pierre Oliver Joseph, Pierre Olivier Joseph, who was a first round pick with the Coyotes. They gave him up, sent him to Pittsburgh for Kessel, plus plus. And then last year, he's um, traded with Kalen Addison, who was a upcoming defensive prospect. And traded him for Zucker. And Zucker fit in very well with Pittsburgh. 
So it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that the the the, the guys that have been associated with moving him, yet his career just hasn't really taken off. You can also argue that uh, he wasn't exactly the centerpiece in the deals getting those players back. Oh, no, that's true. That's true. But it's kind of funny that he's been associated with you know some some better players and some upcoming prospects. True. True. He's going to be in uh, trade trade trees for. For decades to come. Yeah. Well, it worked but out well for Montreal. It did. And you know what else worked out well for Montreal? Drafting Mete. In the fourth round. No. How? <laughs> how? I'll tell you how. Victor Mete scored more goals last year than Mike Riley. Facts. You know what? Who pointed that fact out on Twitter? Do you mean Mike, do you mean Mike Riley or Morgan Riley? Morgan Riley. Okay. <laughs> Every, everybody scores more than Mike Riley. <laughs> he's he's so much like Bobby Orr. I, I just it's so hard, it's hard to keep oh, the name straight. Okay. Uh, Bobby Orr. Oh. Bobby Orr. Anyway, we won't get into the Bobby Orr fiasco this week. No, I I refuse to get into politics in this shit, just because I. It's so tiring. It is just wow. If you guys are wondering about Mike Riley, he only scored one goal last year. <laughs> See, scored more than him too. Morgan Riley had three. Mete had four. And I pointed that out. I pointed Yeah, but that whose out. meme did you steal? I oh, yeah, but I credited him. Uh, yeah, but no, who was it though? I don't know. I can't remember. Me neither. But the fact I, remains. I retweeted a tweet is all I did. Yeah. Victor Mete did better than Morgan Riley. So for everyone that hates Victor Mete. Points, point, don't look, just don't look at points of the goals. Just don't look at points of the goals. <laughs> because goal Mike, Riley, Mike Riley got more points than Mete did as well. <laughs> <laughs> so did Morgan Riley. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, according to analytics, Victor Mete is a top four defenseman. You know. Hey. Unless he's, he's playing the, against he's, top uh, top six players, he he's the best transition defenseman in the NHL, except against top six players. Except when he's actually playing minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that means something. When he's sheltered completely, he does yeah. great. Yeah, he's Weber's best partner. Yeah. So that was fun. We had a little fun there with with Treg. It, we had to do it. I mean, it's a slow week. Got to pick on you a little bit. Um, you're not picking on me, buddy. We all know the truth about Victor Mete. Everyone's drooling over him because he had this dream. Oh, Victor Mete, fourth round pick, made the team. Oh my God, he's amazing. No, he's not. <laughs> he made the team because they didn't have any other options. They ruined him. They played him at 18. You know, if they would have <laughs> did that to someone like Connor McDavid, it would never have happened. It's just horrible. Horrible. Uh, Montreal's <laughs> see Galchenyuk, Mete, they're ruining these kids. They're ruining them. It's development. Ruining them. Even though Mete got sent bound to Laval and actually played better when he came back, so fire them all. I don't. You know. I mean, look at look at Kotniemi over in Europe. Oh, he can't has, get any points. Don't, a, don't watch the videos of him dominating the games he, oh. and then setting people up for wide open nets that they miss. It's not. It's his fault that they're not scoring. Now, I have to admit, I've been watching these games. 
and uh, he is freaking amazing. This he is going to have, I think, a very good NHL season. Is he's actually going to have some wingers? Hopefully, yeah. yeah. We'll get we'll get talk about that later. They can't afford hockey sticks in the Liga right now. Well, he's the, on wingers, a... the wingers are playing soccer. Listen, porno ass or whatever team he's on. <laughs> Is is they're a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible team. Or no ass. <laughs> like, what the f- <laughs> well, what are they? Pori asset or whatever they're called? Yes. What? Is that what it is? Pori yes. asset? Well, porno yeah. ass. Whatever. I'm in, translating. In Finn, asset means ace. Oh. Okay. It's the aces. Porno aces. Porno aces. <laughs> I said porno ass on purpose. I didn't. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We know. Because I messed up names. People know this. In case Beth is wondering. Yeah. Beth, our friend from Happy Hour. He did this one. I did that on purpose. Yeah. 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 Yeah, On purpose. (laughs) From now on, I'll mess up names on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. The air quotes have to be put in there for sure. Um, Yeah. so we'll we'll move on from that. <laughs> that wonderful, wonderful talk about Finnish hockey. Porno ass. Porno ass. And move on to the return to play. Talking about porno ass. Looks like uh, we're going to get screwed over here. Doesn't look like a December 1st uh, return to the camp kind of thing. Unfortunately uh, not. No, uh, they're still talking January 1st to start the season. Now, is that start the season as training camp slash preseason, or is that start the season, start the season? I don't see the season starting on January 1st. And how many games? Batman wants 82. Of course they want the full uh, full slate of games so they can make all their money, but if you're starting in frickin' January, no. No, I would would, uh, would assume they get closer to like a 60-65. If I'm if I'm the NHL, I'm looking to get things back to normal as soon as possible, so they can get back get the contracts back to normal and get back to uh, you know a July first free agency and all that kind of stuff. I doubt it's going to happen. Um, I can see it likely going maybe to August, but that's a hell of a lot better than October, right? I, I like to see yeah. them go back. You got to remember, we get the expansion draft next year too. That's right. Right, so you don't want to you don't want to push too far in. Then you got the expansion draft, you got the uh, entry draft, you know, you've got fucking everything else. You got free agency, training camp, and then every year you're just going to be pushing that much harder until all this is sorted out. So if I'm if I'm him, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get things back to normal. And you can't forget the competition they have with the KHL. Yeah, uh, KHL has started their season as per normal. Yeah. They're doing everything as per normal. Uh, so they'll have a, a leg up on, on the European prospects for sure, European signings. Um, NCAA is going back on the 13th of November, which is only in two weeks. Um, the queue has already begun, even though they got uh, sidetracked on the Quebec side of it for, uh, for obvious reasons. The OHL and WHL are going to be starting up in December 1st, and they're doing a, they're doing a, a shortened season. So they'll be back to normal for next season. At December, I think December. I think it's February now. 
I think, okay. it's Feb- I think it's February 5th, I believe, because there's a lot of talk here. Obviously, I'm, I'm in Ontario, and there's a lot of talk about the Ontario Hockey League not letting them hit and have body contact, right? So it's not actually going to play hockey. So exactly. So it's going to be like... Beer league hockey. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be... Yeah, it's going to suck. But uh, for the return to play, they're going to be... Whether they start January 1st or to February 1st, they're looking at a shortened season. And uh, uh, I, from what I read from the OHL, they're only going to be doing uh, eight teams making 18 the playoffs. playoffs, yeah. So the playoffs are shorter. I think, 40 games. I think it's 40 games. 40 yeah. games of the A-team playoff, yeah. So they're setting it up so that every other league is setting it up so that they're done at around the same time they normally would be in a regular season so that the following season they can be back on track. Whereas the NHL, nobody knows what the hell's going on. Yeah. So I would assume that they would want to get back on track as well and be done, even if it's the beginning of July, if it goes a couple of weeks later than, uh, yeah, absolutely. than normal. You want to get it back sure. as you want to get it back to normal as soon as possible. Yeah. That's, yeah. TV revenue. They need the TV revenues because it's the only revenue they're going to get um, for this unless, year. Yeah. For this year. I mean, unless they decide like, I don't know, the NFL and MLB allowed a few fans in to the stadiums to watch and stuff, but you're they're not you're not as close quartered inside a building as you are with the NHL for those two uh, leagues. So, uh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say. So really, they they want to get as soon as possible as many games as possible for the simple fact TV revenue because that, that's just, all the money. Brings. For me, I'm just wondering how it's gonna affect the players. And so, there's some states or some provinces that aren't allowing teams to gather to use practice facilities, all this kind of stuff. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be awkward either way. I, and Until really, there's fans in the seats again. It's gonna be fucking weird to watch. How, how are they gonna do it? Like they talk about this Canadian division and all this kind of stuff, but I, I just, you either gotta play it as normal, uh, and hope the Canadian government says, yeah, we'll allow teams to come in or whatever, or or something because. I don't know. These mix up of the divisions to me, I just don't think it's right. It's just not going to be, I don't know. I'm t- personally, I thought they should have canceled last season, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. It's going to be weird. It's going to be, it's going to be a weird season. It's going to be a weird return to play. Uh, I, I would, I would prefer to see them start by February and have the season over by July, you know, and, uh, but I don't make the calls. So. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be hard to see how they do it. Uh, I mean, it worked great when they had the bubble, which is which is great for a, for a tournament style, like at the playoffs, but regular season, I don't know. Regular season, I, I'm not sure. Matt, you you were you got something there? No. Don't got anything. No. Okay. No. Uh, no, I was just. Um, Yeah, I don't know the uh, the Canadian division thing. If it'd be interesting to see, that's a ton of travel. Are they going to do bubbles? Are they going to just go from one game to the next? Uh, you know, like and Montreal, the city itself is a red zone. Can they have games in a red zone? I don't think so. So where where are the Canadians going to play? Because they can't even practice in their facility or train in their facility right now. Well, the Quebec 
major juniors not playing games in red zones. So exactly, th- a lot of teams aren't actually only really half the league is playing right now. So, uh, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. Like, I guess the are the players going to want to play in bubbles? That that's another thing. Like, not not a full year. There's no way. Well, and and how are you going to work it? Do you do you, all right? We're going to put you in the bubble for two weeks. You're going to play all your games in two weeks. Leave, come back play a bunch of other games in two weeks, leave. You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. is it going to work? Because the players aren't going to want to play. They're not going to want to be in a bubble for four months without no, their families. What, I mean, I could, I could see multiple bubbles where, you know, you go into one bubble and you play that one division, you know, play them like two games each over a two-week span, then take two weeks off, and then another bubble kicks in. You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, they, they would but have the, to offset – is it a true bubble? You know what I mean? Because well, I mean they had the way they set up the bubble in the first place. You go in, you do it, and then you come out, and then you got to do it yeah. again. So you're, but this is see what I mean. This is what I'm talking about. Like, how are you going to do this? The bubble worked. It worked excellent. And you're right. You can't use it for a full season. The guys are going to be cooped up in a bubble for four and a half, five months. It won't work. So. And if you make a Canadian team, Toronto's just going to dominate it anyway, so it doesn't really well, matter. Depends. Who it, I mean, if you ask TSN or Sportsnet, I mean, you know, the two companies that have money and actually own part of the team. And Leafs or whatever. Uh, yeah. 123 points. They're going to go 10-3 and three against every team in a Canadian division. Of course. Forget, forget that Montreal and Calgary actually got better. Just, just ignore that. And actually have winning records against Toronto recently. Forget that Toronto has absolutely no depth in scoring. So if one of their four go down, they're screwed. Forget all that. For, yeah, forget the fact that Calgary actually looks way better this year too. Because they're exactly. basically Vancouver. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With Calgary's the, best players. Exactly. <laughs> the, yeah. the Calgary Flaming Canucks. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, getting off that, but uh, – uh, like I say, unless they do what the other major sports are doing and just play in everybody's ar- arena and make it a normal season without fans, I don't see it working. Well, I really and I, I can't see that. It's going to have to be a Canadian division anyway because if they do it that way, they're not going to allow hockey player, uh, hockey teams to cross the, the U.S.-Canada border coming well, into Canada. Well, it's closed. It's closed. Exactly. So unless it opens next year in January or February, which I don't see happening unless a vaccine comes out so and even if a vaccine does come out in uh, by christmas time it's going to take about a year before it starts to take effect because everybody has to take it first then you got to wait true and then covid 20 uh, covid 23 will hit ah i don't know man it's the world may maybe we'll have to watch Blades of Steel. Maybe they're, they're gonna Woo! have to they're gonna have to pick the best e game player on their team, which I think is Ryan Paling from Montreal, and then uh, he, they're gonna have to have the tournament on NHL twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. That's how that's how the season's gonna go. And Victor Mete will probably have twelve goals, fifteen, because he's rated like a seventy nine in that game, which I don't understand. So that's because, you know, the people in the game, they know, because if it's in the game, it's in the game. 
<laughs> Except goalie injuries. Goalie injuries are not in the game. If it never happens, if it's on your own team. So anyway, we're getting off topic. But get back on topic. Um, what about third jerseys? There's been a lot of talk about third jerseys in the last week. I mean, you look at Dallas's third jersey, and that thing is fucking horrible. Oh, I was going to say, I hope you don't say it's a good-looking jersey. Oh, my God. I, I get the whole point behind, you know, in Dallas, they like the city green. I've got, I've got friends that live in Dallas. They go to Dallas Stars games. They think it's, you know, they love that, you know, like the city green thing because the Cowboys suck, so they have to have something to cheer for in Dallas the Great this year. But to do the jersey with that, like, neon Tron green, like you're watching Captain Power or something, it, oh, my God, it's terrible. I think they only want green because there's not a lot of green in Dallas. It's, like, brownish. Well, there's a ton of green in Dallas. They're rich. Oh, that kind of green. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I like I like their current green jerseys. I yes. think they're really sharp looking. And if they would have done that green with the black, I think it would have looked awesome. Yes. I really like the Ottawa Senators' new logo, which looks exactly the same as their old logo, which looks like their other logo. Which <laughs> it went if back want, to the original. If you want to if logo. if you want to have a laugh about the Sens logo, look it up without eyebrows. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or how about the Buffalo Sabres who just changed a different color of yellow in their jersey? Yeah. Oh, New Jersey is now gold yellow. Because now it's 50. Now it's pale yellow. Now it's yellow yellow? I don't know. Every year they put a new yellow in it. Whatever so. color the playoffs is, we're not picking that one. So so with the Canadians one, I, you know, I'd love to see a third jersey with the Canadians. It's just, it's, they're a very traditional team. So it would have to be traditional and not be something as outlandish obviously as the Dallas jersey I don't see it happening I really don't you know what you know what it it might not it has come up before Molson's brought it up before um I'd 100% support it as long as they keep it to tradition and they don't get you know they don't they don't screw with it too much their idea of a third jersey is just to bring out an old jersey and say hey look it's an old jersey we're going to bring it out anew. Although I do like, and I have it, is the Winter Classic jersey. They could use that as well. Yeah, I have that one too. Yeah. Yeah. The one from Ottawa or the one that was in Boston? Uh, the last one that they did there with the. Uh... With the silver, you mean? Yeah. Okay. That's the one they wore. The, that was the NHL that's Classic. That... Yes. The NHL Classic. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. I do like I like it. I do like the one that they wore at the um, the outdoor game against Boston. That one, that one there does look sharp with the white. Yeah, that's a throwback to the 45 jersey. Yeah, I like that one. If they do something along those lines where they take take from an old jersey and maybe spruce it up a little bit, you know, I, I don't know, make the I, make the bar red or something. I don't you you got to stick with the tradition to yeah. a point. I know I think, it'll never happen, but that there's a there's a jersey going around and it's like blacked out. With the Habs logo and everything, I think that's sharp as fuck. Oh, the, bl- the black. Uh, I know it's. I know it's never going to happen, but I, d- I do think it looks pretty sharp. There's another blue one that's going around that doesn't look too bad. It's like a blue jersey with the white with stripes the... and. Mm. Or is it red stripes? White or red stripes? And I think it's the large that's white too... stripe with the red yeah. uh, red stripes yeah. on either that's side. But I, I just I, I just don't see it happening, man. I think they should go back to the white jersey with the red shoulder pads. Oh yeah, the yeah. '80s. Yeah, back in the 80s. Go back to the 80 jerseys. 
Why, why mess with a good thing? Our, to- we're, uh, our toilet seats are the best. We got to, hey, you got to sit on something comfortable when you're taking a That's dump. Right. That's right. When you're dumping on the rest of the league, got to be gotta, comfy. You got to be comfy, you know. And when you're done, make sure you use the softest leafs you can find. Uh, the guys from Offside Hockey are going to hate us. More. They're going to hate us more. Poor Leafs. If you don't use the right kind of Leafs, you end up with the flames. Well, it's, it burns, uh, man. It burns. Come on. Keep up. This is snappy and, rhetoric. And that's how you get a flaming Canuck. <laughs> Get it, Matt? Because we're Canadian. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt's back here going, "What? Listen, we're we're on a time limit here, boys." And yeah. <laughs> on about toilet boat wiping. For your those ass. who can't, if uh, people can't see us, but Matt is literally leaned back in his chair, rolling his eyes right now, just shaking his head, going, "Why? Why am I? Why am I with these two idiots? Why?" Hey, I'll, I'm gonna go back to the Dallas thing. Remember, we all, <laughs> we we all, we all met in Dallas. Well. I met Trey in Dallas. Yeah. And that was the that was the birthplace of the first show that I did with you guys. That's right. We gave yeah. birth to you. Absolutely. <laughs> in a really it was a very nice hotel. It was just very I don't know, eccentric. Art, I guess. Art Deco. Deco it was yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. I mean the pool party was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of eye, there's a lot of eyeballs. I, I think there's a lot of swingers at that pool party. I'm just yeah, throwing probably. it out there. <laughs> The the group that was buying us those drinks, I'm pretty sure they were. Oh, we we're not even at this hotel. We just came here to party. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fun good, though. Good times. And then we party with Gila Point. That was the highlight of the yeah, absolutely. Of my, yeah. So. Oh yeah. And it, it, we partied so hard that even Mark Bergevin himself had to leave. He had to. Wow, that could have been <laughs> that's, me. that's true. <laughs> When, when I mean, someone... Dallas. What I mean, back to the Jersey thing. Dallas was. Uh, I don't know that. I think Matt's right. Uh, they stuck with the same kind of green because the jerseys they have now look good. Yeah. If they'd stuck with that kind of that kind of green, or hell, even went back to the Toro jerseys. Remember those the Taurus uh, constellation uh, logo that they had. Yeah. They went back to something like that. The dark green, they had the nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and don't get me wrong. I like the logo they have on this new third jersey, but that bright neon green crap. Nah, nah, nah. I hate the new jersey. I thought I I seen it and I thought that's disgusting. Yeah. And and it's just going to open the door to terrible hockey jerseys. Like Carolina's going to do something really stupid. It's like Canes backwards. Yeah. We have a new jersey. We're just going to write Canes. So that when you stand in front of the mirror when you're taking a leak, you can read (laughs) Canes properly. That's what I mean. Put it backwards. So when you're at the urinal, so those 12 fans are at the urinal during the intermission, they're all like, hey, it does say Canes. Anyway. And why are all all twelve at the same twelve uh, that same urinal waiting in line? 
I don't know. The whole building. <laughs> because they're paying Ajo so much money, they can't afford the rest of it. Because Dun Dun shut all the other uh, ones down because he can't afford to keep them open. <laughs> well, and little side note on that, just to – I know we were all joking about it, but uh, Dundon can return ownership to the former owners of the Carolina Hurricanes by January 1st of this year. So if he really is having a hard time, we'll know because he won't be the owner anymore. But he'll probably hold on to it anyway because, you know, people do weird shit. Yeah, Pierre McGuire put that out. And, uh, yes, he did. I tweeted uh, Sarah Siv, uh, Sivin. I don't know what her name is. Sivian. Anyway, Sivian, and she never answered me probably because we don't get along. But uh, yeah, uh, apparently it's true it can happen, but it doesn't. It probably won't. So I don't know. Just just putting it out there, you know, something to think about, something to watch for. I mean, there's very little in hockey news going on so let's have fun yeah so i think that pretty much does it for this week's episode uh we've covered a hodgepodge of crap we chuck shit at each other there's nothing to talk about bergman listen buddy (laughs) get the frig off the beach dude do something man like get out of the gym and uh you know but yeah. is he in the gym? Because he's not posting gym selfies, so it's not official. I don't know. I Listen, I will have a charity arm wrestle with him anytime. Anytime. If anyone wants to start that on Twitter, I will have a uh, charity arm wrestle with Mark Bergevin. Right there. Guns. I'll get Trevor Rutherby to train me because he knows how to arm wrestle. I don't. And uh, we'll go. Anybody, if anybody, you know, obviously did not see that, uh, Treg just flexed into the camera. He's just jacked. Just he had to put his arm. He had to put his arm right up against the camera to make it look big too. Just glistening, like a fucking well. well I don't know why he's got so much oil on him, but it's not oil. That's from that's his saliva from kissing his own freaking <laughs> muscles. <laughs> oh man, you need a zoom feature on that camera, Matt. What oh. you gonna What you gonna do when the seventeen-inch pythons come oh, down? Fuck. This guy should be bronzed. Like, holy fuck, look at this guy. <laughs> and he, le- he needs to learn how to measure. That ain't 17 and a half. <laughs> yeah. That's a married yeah. 17 and a half right there. Yeah, exactly. Tina's like, that's 17 inches I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, 17 inches is what? Like this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to this garbage whole show <laughs> and suffering through our stupidity. Um, so feel free to share with your friends and uh, hell, make fun of us. Chirp us. Matt, you got something? Yeah, I just, you know what? We did have some fun with this on an off week for uh, Habs related news and hockey related news in general. Um, I just want to throw it out there just to say everyone get out there. Uh, Wear a poppy. Show your support to our uh, Canadian soldiers and our vets. Um, obviously, this year with COVID, we're not all going to be able to gather the way that we normally would. So, just as you're, you know, as you're in the as you're in the shops or as you're, you know, picking up a coffee or anything, just takes a second. You know, make a, make a donation. 
grab a poppy, wear it, wear it proudly. And, um, yeah, show your support. Cause there's not, you know, these, these, uh, especially some of these vets, you know, they're, they're aging out, if you know what I mean. And, uh, pretty soon those stories and those memories, um, they're, they're going to go away too. So, so wear a poppy, show your support. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole Don Jerry thing. That's for damn sure. I'm not going to say you people. I'm just saying everyone wear a poppy. Please, please, please. wear a poppy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess that does it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, feel free to chirp us, uh, tag us on whatever, making fun of us. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a uh, comment or, uh, and rate us, please. Yes. Rate give us. us. Give us some stars. And uh, I'd just like stars. to point out at some point, I just got the message yesterday, everybody on Hot Sauce Sports uh, podcast. So Woo. I just don't A know when. Second yet. showing. Yeah, I just don't know when yet. No, you were on it. I wasn't on it yet. Yes. We it's were on it. Second the... showing for Habs Unfiltered. Oh, okay. I thought you meant me. Well, no, obviously they're, they're going for bottom of the barrel because they didn't ask Matt. Well, they. They asked me because they ran out of options and they're like, we need to guess shit, man. I guess we'll have to get this guy on. Matt's busy working, so we'll go with the guy who doesn't do anything. I do this. Pow! (laughs) It's not a gun show. It's more of an airsoft show. Froze. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, for the third attempt, I'm going to sign off. Thanks for listening. And we will hopefully have you guys back next week. Do you have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed? I'm talking hairy, big, and need some support. Thankfully, our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Baluga! Did you hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. The premium Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray, both super practical. And they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. The Manscaped Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs might be one of my favorite parts of this collection. The Manscaped Boxer Briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing. Plus, when your girl sees this logo, she knows she's got a real manscaped man. Pair these boxer briefs with their pH balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver and you're ready for anything. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you.
The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.